0: Hello, and welcome to Great Takes, Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go Fur. With me again this week is Andy, GopherGuy05.
1: Two weeks in a row, I must be popular or
0: something. Well, you know, change of pace, really. I mean, you've at this point, the run defense has been solid two weeks in a row when you've been uh, set up to do the uh, post-game podcast. So I think clearly that's the reason the run defense has been stout.
1: We'll just go with that, because that sounds great. <laughs>
0: Which is problematic, since neither of us will be able to record next week. So, if the run defense isn't great next week, you know who to blame. Alright, so Minnesota loses 30-14 to 14 to Ohio State on the road. Uh, a game that they led portions of the first half. They were down by as few as 6, pretty late into the second half. Certainly a winnable game. I wouldn't say one that slipped away, but you know one where they had chances to, to pull a, a rather... It, well, not even rather, it a completely insane upset, uh, and it didn't happen. I think, you know, we kind of talked before we hopped on here. You and I are both feeling pretty good about it, uh, so let's start with the positives. Andy, what were your positives from today?
1: Well, I mean, the major positives were the play of the both the offensive and defensive line. Um, they were night and day this week than they were last week against Iowa. Um, whether it was the insertion of Daniel Flaley in at right tackle, uh, the line seemed a much more cohesive unit. They were run-blocking for Muhammad Ibrahim like crazy today. Um, and Zach Anistad even had time to throw and sit back in the pocket. Uh, so the the offensive line was leaps and bounds ahead of where they were last week. Defensively, the defensive line, stout once again. The run defense, even missing O.J. Smith in the middle, um, was stout and, and stood up to uh you know, I mean the Ohio State offensive front I mean let's be honest probably three of those guys in the next three years will be first round draft picks and uh Carter Coughlin once again had another monster game he was just making the Ohio State right tackle his biatch um as some of the tweets saw you know Carter Coughlin made himself some money today and uh, we just hope that You know, If he continues at this pace, somebody can convince him to wait two more years rather than next year. But that's a long ways away. Uh, We still have six more games this year to definitely worry about. And uh, if this defensive line and offensive line can play like they did today the rest of the year, uh, things are really going to be looking up for this program.
0: Yeah, I think for me the positives would be the running of Muhammad Ibrahim. Obviously the offensive line did him a lot of work. uh, But he also hit the holes hard. Uh, He had some really great vision. He slipped into a couple holes that didn't really look like they were there until you saw the replay and then turned it into a 15-plus yard gain. Uh, He was really, really doing a great job out of the backfield. And honestly, you know, the wide receivers seemed to have a pretty good game as well. The route running, I I will admit I'm not a good enough defensive back uh, evaluator to know just how poorly they were being played. But at the same time, when you're consistently running the same kind of route, Uh, Joel Klatt, you know, like to refer to it as kind of a basic route and you're constantly getting open. Uh, that's going to be partially on the, at least partially on the quality of the route running as well. And so that's, uh, that's a really weird thing. Uh, for me, it's been a long time since Minnesota, you've been able to just look at the wide receivers and go, yep, yep. We've got, we've got talent there and we've got the ability to rely on them. Um, and, and that's exciting. I think on the negative side, obviously turnovers, all three turnovers happened on Ohio State's side of the field. Um, both of the interceptions were deep uh, balls that were intercepted down closer to the goal line uh, and, and neither of those are great. Um, Zach Annickstead, I didn't get to see the first interception. Um, today's been kind of a weird one, uh, but I saw the second and it was another example where he was not looking off the receiver. He, he was locked into the receiver from the get-go and that allowed the safety uh, to come across and, and make a really nice play. So, you know, there there are definitely things that need to be cleaned up um on the turnover side. Uh Andy, what were your negatives?
1: Well, there are a couple of negatives. Um one has to be uh, the targeting call on Coney Durr. That's inexcusable. And especially when you're already down you're starting cornerback on that side in uh, Terrell Smith, you can't get yourself kicked out of the game like he did. Um you know, some people argued that he was already going sliding, and he made the tackle. It it sure looked like Dirk could have slowed up on that, and and it really put the Gophers' secondary in a bind in the second half. And we saw Ohio State start to take a little bit more advantage as as the Gophers had to rock uh, Chris Williamson back there, which the transfer from Florida has not been uh, quite as good so far this year as we may have uh, we may have hoped in the secondary. Uh, he's definitely. Um, a step behind Durr and, and Smith and, and Keandre Thomas back there. And it, it showed as they picked on him a little bit, uh, especially for that last touchdown. Um, you know, another thing I'll, some of the, some of the defensive missile, uh, you know, I don't know, misalignments, the right word, or just players not being in the right position. And I think, uh, you know, you Chris, you can talk to this a little bit more in a minute, but you know there were a few plays where Ohio State just found a guy in space where there should have been a go for defender. Where was he? Um, you know, those are the type of mistakes that this team keeps making, and and uh, they've got to stop making them if they want to really compete with some of the better teams in the conference the rest of the way. And thirdly, um, you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed in Emmett Carpenter now. where those two field goals gonna? You know, make or break the game? Probably not, but um, I think it would have been a lot more interesting down the stretch if Carpet hit even one of his two field goals he missed. Um, and he's been rock solid pretty much this year, so it'd be interesting to hear what, what happened to him today because that, uh, that chip shot he just pushed to the right, the 27-yarder, and then that, that one at the end, the 45-yarder or whatever, that was horrific. Uh, He obviously never got even remotely close to a hold on that one. I mean, I've seen some of the kickers in the halftime Cub Foods contest have better kicks than that one. So uh, Emmett Carpenter did not have himself a, a good day today, and and you know, like I said, with a thirty to fourteen final, it's not like it was he missed two field goals that would have won the game for Minnesota. But in the position and the time where the Gophers are, they really, really could have used at least one of those to go through to make things a little bit tighter.
0: Yeah, I think your Comments about the secondary kind of ring true for me. i'm I think we're at the point where if if anyone has been grading Rob Smith on a curve based on talent, deficit, or anything else uh, in any portion of the defense, I think it's probably fair to stop that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's completely possible that the players are just executing poorly. On everything where the where the where the breakdowns happen, but at the same time, if you've got players that are consistently executing incorrectly, that's got to fall upon the coaching staff. Now, is that automatically Rob Smith, or could it be one of the position coaches? I can't speak to that. Uh, I also have some concerns with the fact that they seem to run uh, some defenses right now that they're putting themselves in a position to be beat rather easily. Their zone doesn't seem to hold up a lot of the time, unless there is a successive uh, sorry successful pass rush against iowa there was none against ohio state there was and in all honesty that successful pass rush was the difference between this being a 30 to 14 game and a honestly kind of more like a 44 to 14 game if there there were multiple series where the pass rush in combination with the run defense was what forced a punt or forced a field goal and if they go completely nothing on the pass rush, I honestly think Ohio State probably walks quite a bit easier. So something to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm not, you know, fearful that this means we, we can't win the rest of the way or anything like that. I think there's certainly more positives to be to be held to than that. But at the same time, you know, Penn State, I'm sorry, uh, Purdue, uh, they can pass the ball pretty well. If we can't get our our stuff together, even with, you know, even if we're healthy, that could be a tougher game. Um, and you, I think you can look at any of the winnable games the rest of the way and say that. That's why uh, They're winnable and not sure things. So Personally, I, I'm gonna just go with the, the more positive aspects um, You know, cuz why, why, why else would we? This is a game that I thought we were gonna get blown out in and we were in it right up until the end so uh, for me if you can't be positive coming out of that then I think you're just choosing to take a look at the negative side of things.
1: No, I totally agree. Um, you know, this game overall had many more positive moments than negative moments for Minnesota, and especially, you know, after after saying the opposite last week against Iowa where they had a lot more negative moments than positive moments, I think it's a, it's a good change. And if Minnesota can continue this line play and, and keep it up, then, yeah, I mean, looking down the next six games – you know you're three and three right now. You need to win three of your last six to to be bowl eligible. I think that's definitely a doable accomplishment, but it's going to take execution and it's going to take performance. And sometimes that's been an issue with this team. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what Gopher team shows up the next few weeks. But uh, this definitely, I think, was a was a step forward in in my confidence that they'll find a way to win three of their next six and get to a bowl game.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Consistency is going to be a big deal. Because if you look the rest of the way, I would argue that five of the remaining six games are winnable. Uh, I would argue the Wisconsin game is the one you can't look at as winnable. But every other game, next week against Nebraska, the following week against Indiana at home. uh, Oh my goodness, is it on the road?
1: Yeah, at, at Illinois, then... At Illinois,
0: and then home against Purdue, and then Northwestern. All, all five of those games, those teams have flaws and have looked beatable. Um, and, and so Minnesota is in a position to to, to finish with you know a, certainly an opportunity for a bowl game. Um, and I think it will come down to consistency. Run defense stays consistent, offensive line stays consistent. This team is going to be in a much better place than they will if, if we see the units continually go up and down the rest of the way.
1: No, I, I totally agree, and, and, you know, we don't want to look too far ahead. This is definitely more talking about today's game rather than looking ahead game, but don't forget that Gopher for run game's only going to get another benefit when we get in November, and you get Shannon Brooks back for four games. So if you thought Muhammad Ibrahim looked good today, imagine a one-two punch of Ibrahim and Shannon Brooks coming at you. And if the Gopher offensive line can run block like they did today, uh, that's another really potent threat Minnesota's going to have coming down the stretch.
0: Feed me that Kool Aid, Andy. I like that Kool Aid. All right, Nectons of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, well, I, I, let, let me let me step back. Are we in agreement unanimously on defense? The Necton of the week is Carter Coughlin. Uh, yeah.
1: You know, I don't think uh, I don't think there's really any question about that. Carter Coughlin had himself a game today, and uh, you know, I don't I don't know if Isaiah Price is gonna be one of Ohio State's best. Uh, right tackles as time goes but uh Carter Coughlin made him look silly on multiple occasions today and uh he uh he probably got looked at by a lot of scouts today and this is the tape they're going to look at here when uh when it comes time for Carter to make that next jump up to the next level um you know i've got i've got the stats here if, if you want me to read them Carter basically had 7 tackles 5 solos Two of those were a sack. Three of his five tackles, solo tackles were for loss. And he also forced a fumble, which Haskins then recovered back himself. But, um, yeah, Carter was an absolute beast out there today for the Gophers on defense.
0: All right, so we're in agreement. Unanimous Carter Coughlin on defense. I think for offense, I'm going to go with Muhammad Ibrahim, Um his his game was certainly not one that I expected, and, and was really enjoyable. Twenty three carries, 158 yards, two touchdowns, long run of 34, but perhaps most impressively, given how this offense has functioned at times, um, 6.9 yards per uh, yards per carry. So that's just like that's going to win you ball games against lesser teams.
1: No, I totally agree. Ibrahim was great today. Um, I'm going to have to give my honor to, to once again, Tyler Johnson. Uh, The kid is proving that he is, well, obviously the go-to receiver on this team, but um, if he does not get some type of all Big Ten honors at the end of the season. It's going to be a bit of a crock. Uh, Johnson, another eight catches, 119 yards, uh, no touchdowns. All the Gophers touchdowns came from Ibrahim today, but Tyler probably had, well, actually he probably could have had one touchdown if Zach Anikstad had not thrown the ball over his head on that slant late in the third quarter. Um, And he was open three or more, more times where Anikstad didn't make the best pass. So Tyler honestly probably could have had 10 or 12 catches for, you know, another 100 50 yards and a touchdown if uh, if his quarterback had, had just found him a couple more times. So, um, And, and I'll, I'll just throw out an honorable mention. Uh, I ragged on him a bit after the Iowa game last week for some of his play calling, but I think Kirk Scirocco had a much better game today against the Buckeyes. Um, his play calling, the, uh, the double reverse flea flicker really worked, and he brought in Bryce with him for a couple other plays. Um, You know, It helps when your line's giving you time to be able to do things and things like that, but I I much rather uh, like the play calling today from Sharaka than I did a week ago.
0: I would agree with that. I also, they flashed option late in the game, which was not something I want to see them do a lot of, but situationally in that moment uh, certainly felt like a good play call, uh, especially when Zach made the right read and kept it. And they didn't seem to over uh, become too overly reliant on Seth Green. They, they recognized that the run game was working, they recognized that the uh, slant passing game was working, and they went back to the things that were working rather than forcing themselves into uh, a Seth Green mode. Um, and, and perhaps most importantly, when, it's, when Seth Green's package was working, they used it appropriately. So, yeah, I would agree. Kirk Shiraka and the offense definitely had a much better called uh, performance this week. Uh, race to maturity, I think we're in agreement. Um, since, you know, it's redshirt freshman or freshman, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim uh, goes ahead and gets that one as well. Um, so, yeah, Nebraska next week. Um, reminder, uh, that's the Broken Chair. The Broken Chair is back on the line. Um, if you haven't already, go out to brokenchairtrophy.com and figure out how you can enjoy some events or, or donate to their charitable cause. But uh, you and I in Lincoln again, uh, hopefully for a, a, a big Minnesota win. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I'm hoping it's got a bit of a 2014 replay to it for multiple reasons. But uh, yeah, I am I'm looking forward and and. You know, I think the the Gophers, if they play as they should, should be able to take down the 0-6 Huskers. And um, let's put it this way, if they don't, oh, the fan base is going to let everybody know about it next Saturday. So let's let's hope they do what they should and take care of business uh, against a very beatable Nebraska team and, and not, uh, not trip themselves up.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, well, thanks again for listening to Great Takes, Less Filling. Go gophers, Skyuma, row the boat.